Okay, so welcome to another live broadcast of the Behind the Host podcast. And uh, today on the Boostly podcast, we've actually got a special guest who's from my part of the world here in Norfolk in the UK. So today we're joined by Sasha Tucker. Sasha is uh, a friend and an amazing host who hosts here locally. He's actually scaled to over 100 properties and has built this amazing business in not very many years, in, in under four years, I think it is. We'll find out more. He's here to join us today to tell us his story. Hopefully, you can find inspiration from it and you'll be able to learn some tips how you may be able to scale a successful holiday-let business too. Before we get started, I do just need to give a, uh, a shout out to uh, well, Mr. Mark Simpson, Today, I've talked to several hosts who have got uh, sort of benefits and who have been inspired by his story in the Book Direct Playbook. So if you haven't already, go and check out. It's on Amazon, the Book Direct Playbook. It's a really useful book, which will teach you tips and tools and tactics on how you can get more direct bookings and uh, is under £20 on Amazon. So well worth the investment. So without further ado, let's introduce to you our guest. Let's say hello to Sasha. Sasha, welcome along. Thank you so much for having me. It's always, uh, I'm just flattered to be considered podcast worthy. It's always oh, nice. 100% you're podcast worthy. So Sasha's very, very modest, but we've met at the Book Direct. I oh, know that was at the uh, summit in London, wasn't okay. it? Yeah. Yeah, there was a, the, was it the, the Book Direct Summit? I think it was something like that, wasn't it? The Book Summit, I think, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And uh, we, we met and then we... We, we've known each other, obviously, through friends of friends for a while, uh, both from, from the same part of uh, the world, in Norfolk in the UK. But um, that was just awesome to get to know his business. And as soon as I heard his story, I was inspired and I thought that'd be good to share with everybody on here as well. So, Sasha, would you like to uh, introduce yourself and your business, how you got started in hospitality? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm Sasha. I'm director and owner of Norfolk Holiday Properties. So we're a accommodation agency based in the fine city of Norwich, and we cover all of Norfolk. I'm one of these people that kind of fell into this industry. So it's, it's not something that I saw myself doing. So if, if I go back a few years ago, I was employed as a photographer and a videographer, and I lived down in Portsmouth, um, living and working down there. I was there about three years, and I decided that I wanted to move back to Norwich. I'm from Norwich. All my friends are here. Most of my family is in Norfolk. And I decided it was just, it's, it's a nice place to be. No offense to Portsmouth. I would fix them. So a nice place. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to move back. So it was at that point that I, I hadn't had anything to do with kind of short state properties. I hadn't really had anything to do with Airbnb, you know, for a start. And that's kind of the main thing that we used in, in the early days, which I'll come on to. But I started thinking, what can I do? Well, I need to move back. And I need to have an income when I go. So I was lucky at that point because my parents had two holiday nets, which they managed very much as a lifestyle business. Um, so it was you know, good income for them, something that they did together. And fortunately for me, they had no real interest in continuing with them on the management side of it. So that's where I came in. I said, okay, I can manage those and it'll give me something to do when I come back. So I Moved back and I slept on Airbnb because they weren't even on there at that point. That's kind of going back kind of four years or so now. And then that allowed me to kind of work out the industry, how to uh, manage a property. And then I was able to offer that as a product to our owners, which is what we do now. Uh, and that's, that's kind of a short summary of how I got here. Amazing. So 
I know we said at the start, sort of how many you mentioned now. So that was how long ago? Four years, did you say? A little over four years now. Amazing. And so in that time you've scaled, what does the business look like now? And, you know, sort of how do you operate now as opposed to that was a side hustle back then for your parents. How, what does the business look like now? And, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm lucky enough now that I have a team with me. We've got, and I've shown a new office, which we moved into at the beginning of this year on Bear Street in Norwich. So that was a, yeah, a dream come true. How it compares now. I mean, when go back to when like first starts, obviously just working homes, only me just work out the laptop in my spare room. The next step we took was I managed to get to. I think of about 20 properties, just, just me ish, maybe it was between 20 and 30 before we made our first hire. So that, at, at, at that point, we then moved into the office, into the spare room at my dad's house and hired an absolute legend called Joe, who's still with us now. And he was, you know, we interviewed and he came and saw us in this tiny little room. It's like the size of, I don't know, probably the room I'm sitting in now is absolutely tiny. You have room for one desk, we would sit opposite each other facing you know facing each other and I, I couldn't believe when he said yeah okay I'll take the job because I thought well, who the hell is going to agree to sit opposite me for eight hours a day in this tiny room but, but he did and I, I think to the right person it kind of seemed like an exciting proposition at the time to get involved with it and that was kind of like the, the first hiring for me that was the point that we transitioned from just being I don't know one man band to a proper business and that was kind of like a key moment for me. I could talk a little bit about uh, our first property as well, because I always kind of like telling that story. So the first one we, we took on, so the first one I took on as a proper kind of customer, not owned by neither of my parents' property, so the third property we had. I got lucky at that point as well. I say I say I get luck a lot, but it, I got lucky then because it happened to be a nice property that came to me. So it was a friend of a friend. And at that point, I would have said yes to anything. That's kind of... <laughs> That's what, I'm, that's what I'm getting at. So I was fortunate that it was actually a decent property. So it was based in Norwich. It had parking, garden, all conditions of everything. And it did really well. So straight away at that point, we had some abuse of guests. And I had one happy owner underneath my belt. Because there is an inertia to get over. It is extremely difficult to make somebody trust you with what is often their single biggest asset when you have no credentials. You've got no track record. And in my case, you're young guy you know on your own so that was the hardest part is kind of getting the ball rolling but mm-hmm. i thought the first one because it happens to be the one said yes to it did well and then we went from there and for the for people who are listening in what would you say made that a good one because there'll, there'll be people who are in similar sort of boats to how you was four years ago who are looking to get their first perhaps they've got a couple of you know their own units or perhaps they do rent to rent or, or something like that what would you say to the people who are looking to manage and about getting that next property? What sort of things made that a good one and that they should look for? I think so. Primarily, it has to be a certain standard property, regardless of what location it is and what type of property it is, whether it's an apartment or a terrace, it has to be nice. And we always say now, because we, when we know this coming to auction, say what kind of things should I be looking at? Sometimes we'll come to us at a stage that they just want to know what where they should look to invest maybe they don't even own something yet but they come to us and they ask for advice and we say well think about where you want to go and stay when when you go away somewhere you want something more than where you live at home so if you think don't don't think play you know it's full of if it's got um, some character about it some work that's great if it hasn't then make it colorful put some features in there you know all that kind of stuff so 
it just can't look like somewhere that they, you, you know, you'd normally go and, and, and read, I, was, I suppose. And then once you've kind of got that base, then start looking at like the, the things like location. Parking is obviously a massive one, but it's not the end of the world. It just affects what kind of price you can charge for it. So that's where I was for that. That's cool. That's cool. And so fast forward now to when you've taken on Joe, which sounds amazing. And, you know, you're around that 20 sort of properties stage. What changed within the businesses? Did your day-to-day routine change as opposed to doing, I guess, everything at the start as you've taken on more members of staff? How has your routines changed as you've developed as a company? Yeah, so... I mean, the first thing that, that changed is that what, what Joe and I used to do is that we would alternate and have a weekend off. So every other weekend, I then got to have off. I mean, kind kind of. I, I'm one of these, I don't really switch off. And even when even when I'm not the one that's working or say on call for the, the evening, it's, you know how it is, you, you do this yourself. It's really hard to actually not be at work. So but that was the first thing we did. So we kind of had some hours, structured it, and then... Joe kind of took over a lot of the kind of the guest side of things. And then I dealt with the owners. And that's that's basically still how we structure our business now. We're still a small with we're, we're a really small team. I've got four members of, of the team now. And we still split it between guest experience and owner experience. So there's two very different sides to the business. So we've got a couple of people who say their main job is to answer the inbound calls from guests emails, messages on all the platforms, uh, make sure they're, they've got the information they need, they're booking, they answer the questions if they have any during their stay. And then the owners is, you know, that's a, a massive job in itself to manage to, to manage that side of things. So, you know, the owner statements and the payments and even just the, the things when, when stuff goes wrong, you know, something breaks down the property and you've got to get an appliance engineer out and that's going to be coordinated and um, fed back to the owners. So. That's a massive part of it. That's kind of how we split things up at the moment. That's cool. And what I love about that is the focus on the two sides, because there'll be many hosts who, you know, have either got their own listings or maybe don't manage for people at the moment. But all of a sudden you've got two clients, haven't you? You've got your guest on one side of the the coin and on the other side, you've got the client, the the owner of the property and you're providing a service at both sides. So having that focus on both is, is just so important and it really works at the end of the day for as you're building more as you're taking on more listings has there been any challenges along the way while you've been growing yeah i was going to say then I, I think that your guests and your owners they are two very different customers so we're kind of an unusual industry in that if you're in the property management business you have two diff- completely different sets of customers they have to be dealt with different ways they have to be marketed to in very different ways so that's just an extra challenge that unfortunately we we have in this industry. And I think that when we kind of move things more through the management service, I kind of underestimate how much time you need to allocate to dealing with, you know, the owners and making sure that they have everything that they need. So that was something that we learned pretty quickly. Uh, the more properties that came on, right, we need to dedicate more time to this. So yeah, that's the, that, that's that's one challenge we have had to overcome. Um the other one, which I was going to mention, this is more on kind of the guest side of things, dealing with those. So back in, you know, when it's, when you're in, when it's only one person in the business, it's really easy to have everything you need to know in your head. So, I mean, you know, in layouts of the properties. So I happen to know, I'm pretty sure I know all of our properties, like almost like my own house at the minute, which I'm surprised <laughs> because I've kind of kept that knowledge as we've gone, but 
See, I, 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 would, I know where the boiler is, where the fuse box is and things like that. I just have it in my head. When you then bring people in the team and you want someone to be able to manage that kind of stuff, you can't expect them to, to, to know that, especially if they come in later on and they've got X amount of properties that they have to suddenly know. Because when a fuse trips and a guest rings up to the panels go off, you know, you have to be able to deal with that. So the way that we kind of got around it, this was a challenge space to get stuff out of my head and put it down so that it could be accessed by everyone. We use um, a great bit of tech called SharePoint, which I'm sure everyone will, will have heard of. It's part of the Office 365 suite. So we have um, a database, every property, and it goes into very in-depth into kind of the, the property information. So on that, it will say, where is the boiler? Where's the fuse box, water stock, or gas meter, um, Wi-Fi. And then it also has things about the layout of the property. So that even if, um, let's say one of the team picks up a phone and they've got an inquiry and someone says, has it got a ground floor bedroom? Because I've got um, my mother's family and she's not very mobile. All that information is there. So it's kind of the working and living document that evolves so that if somebody asks a question and the answer isn't on there, or you find out it goes on there for the next time. And that's um, been a game changer for us. I love that because at the end of the day, like you say, it grows with you. It's something where even if your staff hadn't, you know, stepped foot in that property, they've still got somewhere they can go to, to answer that question for a guest and save time ultimately. So that is uh, a massive one. Is there any other tech that you use in your business that's helped you along the way? Um, the only other key one for us is our, is our booking system. Obviously, we can't function without that. We're on Super Control, mm-hmm. which, um, yeah, it, it does the job. They're awesome. Yeah, Super Control. One thing that I love about Super Control is the booking widget is very easy to, to book with. Um, Boostly, yeah. as, as you may know, we sell websites. And so we get to see a lot of the different uh, PMSs, you know, how they interact or and how they work on a website. And uh, Super Control is is very good, along with we're, we're partnered. Boostly's partnered with uh, about fifteen different PMSs, but Super Control is is one of the ones we're partnered with. And is there any other pieces of tech that you use with it, or um, anything else that you found helped you along your journey at all? I'd say we're actually fairly light on the on the tech. I know I know a lot. Some people have you know just absolute loads and loads of it. I'd say we're pretty light. I mean, the two things we use Office three six five and Super Control. That's cool. Well, I, no, there is one more. We use a password manager called Dashlane, which is awesome. I'd recommend checking that out so that you can give logins and share them without actually having to share the password. So again, yeah. when you have a team, if you want people to have access to a single login site, you can do that quite safely. So that was important. Uh, what was the name of that one again? Dashlane. 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 Yeah, cool. There's, uh, I mean, that's amazing. There's two things which I find inspiring about that. One, obviously, is that you can you know, you can be relatively lean on tech and still build a big business. And the second thing is that how it just works, you know, it just, everything seems to just work for that, which is, which is cool. So having a good PMS and a good, effectively you using like office as a organizational tool effectively as a, yeah, I, I, I didn't want us to have to be logging in and out and switching applications too much. So I wanted to keep it as lean as possible. So every tool that came with Office 365, I've had a good look through that now to see which ones we can use. And I think there's still more in there. There is so much. I think there is more tools we can use within it. But yeah, SharePoint, can't recommend it enough. So let's talk about where you're marketing your business at the moment towards guests. Where do you tend to get your guests come from and and how do you market in general? Yeah, I mean, no surprises. The main driver of bookings for us is the OTAs and obviously the big ones. It's Airbnb first and foremost, booking.com and Verbo. 
then make up a, a good share of it. Then we've kind of, you know, a mix of the others, but like, uh, like everyone who's after book direct, we use it as a tool to uh, hopefully win either repeat business or convert them to a direct booking when they first get in touch. So we consider that kind of a lot of our marketing spend, because obviously there's, there's service fees involved in those sites. So that's where a lot of our kind of marketing budget is going to. Uh, and then the other kind of place that we advertise more traditionally, I suppose, like to get our website and name out there, we use all of the local um, tourist websites primarily. That's cool. That's cool. And is it different for the people listening who, you know, want to increase the number of units they've got? Do you market differently towards owners or is that just towards guests and owners see that and then come to you for, for their listings? We've tried both. And I, I think that the latter that you said, I think you can, you, you can tick two boxes with, with, um, yeah, at once there. So when it, it's owners search for the same thing that a guest would, and, and then if you're marketing for guests and they see an advert for guests, they're going to just assume that that company is going to offer management services as well. So, I mean, we've, we've actually done very little marketing for owners. It's all been quite organic, which is nice. I mean, I, I think we do quite well from our, our name because if people are based in Norfolk and end up in our names, they type in Norfolk on their properties and then we come up. So that, I think we do quite well enough that, but there is, I mean, there is demand. There's, there is a lot of demand for it. So if you can offer a property management service and do it well, you are going to get kind of people talking to each other. So we get a lot of owners who know another owner and it's kind of grown that way. But yeah, we don't, we have a pretty healthy pipeline of leads kind of coming in. So we haven't really had to go out there and, um, you know, source more. And compared to the early days of, you know, when you mentioned, I think one of the lines in this podcast was, you know, I'd have taken any property and that's so happened as the property was good. Do you get many properties that come to you now, which, which you either turn down or how does that look like these days? Is it a case of, do you have sort of a, um, a vetting sort of process? Yeah. I mean, occasionally we do, which is always heartbreaking because you, know, you want to, we'd like to take it on and we'd like to be able to help out the owner, but sometimes you just have to advise them that it's not suitable. We would, we, we'll never take on a property now that we're, if we're not confident that it will generate the returns that them and, and, and us would be happy with me as well advice and to go, go down that route. It'd be easy to take on anything, especially when, if you do, if you are keen to grow the business, get the numbers up, it's a, it's a hard thing. It would be easy just to say, yes, yeah, and we'll, we'll do it. And we are about growing in the right way. So now we don't, pretty early on, we, we would have, we, I kind of put it in my head that, right, we have to have a certain standard here because it's not worth it. If you take on a property, which is substandard, you're going to damage your brand. You're going to have, give yourself a whole headache of, you know, bad reviews. Uh, it, it will hurt you. So yeah, we do have a certain set of standards and we do occasionally have to turn properties down for the, for the right reasons. Exactly. And, and that's the, like you say, your focus, you're serving both sides. So you, it, you want it to be right for the guest side as well as the, the client side, don't you? And it's kind of managing that, which is cool. I'm glad you mentioned the name because it's something which I want to come on to is Norfolk Holiday Properties. Did you know back then that was going to be a really good domain to have? Or was that something which has happened, uh, you know, sort of uh, with a bit of luck? How Talk us through how the name came around. Yeah, yeah, I suppose a bit of luck. Yeah, uh, we... Um... If you were to try and if, it's, if we were to do, had done this a few years later, you'd really struggle to get our domain name. So I'm, I'm very, very proud of it because it is, it's, it's good. It's, that's what it says on the tip. We, the reason that we have it is because um, my, my dad bought it. I mean, the company didn't exist, but 
when he, this is about like 10 years ago, probably 10, between 10 and 15 years ago, that domain was bought. And there, there was no, the company didn't exist, but my dad bought the, what was their name after kind of starting the first, their, their first holiday home. And back then it was, um, it was there was no kind of Airbnb or anything. The sites was owners, owners direct, I think. Is that one of the, I might have got that wrong. There was like an old site and that was like, that was just how people did it. Yeah. There, I mean, there used to be a case of they'd, they'd find you, ring you up, wouldn't they? And book that, that way. And then Airbnb. Yeah, it's very much that kind of stuff. Yeah. They send checks and the posts and things. Bank transfers, yeah. It's, it's funny because things are going slightly back more that way now. Uh, usually people have got the tech to be able to have direct bookings as, as you have through, through your website. And for anybody who's uh, listening to the podcast instead of watching on the YouTube, Sash is actually sitting in front of it. It says Norfolk Holiday Properties with new logo. Is that new rebrand? Recently? Yeah, really, little, little rebrands. When we, we moved into our office on Burst Street at the beginning of this year and at the same time a week before we had it decorated and branded and the signage go up we had a little rebrand so before that the logo, the logo hasn't changed massively but it was something that I made myself just on Photoshop and it it done as well but it needed a little bit of refining so yeah and little rebrands and yeah sitting in front of our, our banner now upstairs in our in our office in the meeting room Love it. And is there anything which your perception of hospitality or, you know, sort of Airbnb or, or of, of serving has changed since the early days? Is there anything which you thought your views have changed on hospitality or anything like that since since the early days? Yeah, my my perception of it. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't think that the term passive income should ever be used in the same sentence or paragraph as short term nothing or probably even property in general, but it's, it's anything but. I mean, it's, um, this industry is, is brutal. <laughs> you've got to be, you've got to be hard as nails, uh, to, to just to kind of get through the, you know, the, you know, reviews and, and things. So it's a uh, 24 seven business, as you'll know. And it's uh, one of the hard things is that you can't really switch off. Mm-hmm. I find it, I certainly find it hard to, even now, you know, you have to have somebody on call all the time. And even if that's not you, you are still kind of responsible for them. So. Yeah, it's not something to be underestimated, but it's, it's not to say it's uh, something you, you, you shouldn't do because it's, it's an amazing industry, fantastic opportunities. And uh, really that brings us on to, you know, sort of last few questions really, which is, you know, what has this business allowed you to do? You know, is there, how has life changed, uh, you know, on a personal level since, since the early days? I'm a lot busier. Not <laughs> <laughs> this time on. Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing that I, that I like about this is, is the opportunities that it brings. It's about, um, for me, I, I mean that in the sense of the people that I, I meet. So people like, like yourself, I meet fascinating people that I can chat to for, for hours and, and who knows where that will lead in the future. And then what, what's also nice is that I'm getting to do that, have these opportunities whilst also doing something which is helping, um, Norfolk and I'm putting us on the, you know, putting us on the map. So it's nice to be able to have those opportunities as a byproduct of running a business, which um, can contribute to tourism in, in Norfolk. Um, you know, we get to bring thousands of guests here every year, which is fantastic. Well, that's one of the things which, uh, you know, you bring pleasure to both the guest side of things, obviously doing a great job for the hosts. I don't know. Like the, like the hope so. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it obviously shows, which is amazing. And uh, thank you. And that brings us towards the end. I really feel we've got to know your business and uh, your, your awesome, you know, sort of offering here in Norfolk. 
As we come towards the end of these, we like to, uh, you know, do a couple of quick fire sort of questions. But yeah, just a couple of quick fire questions. The answers can be as short or as long as you like. So what does your morning routine look like? I'm not a morning person. Not at all. I'm someone that is, uh, I struggle to get up early. I'm not someone who gets up at 5am and goes for a run as much as I would like to be doing that. I tend to, I, I work late and then I get up a little bit in nature as well. So I, I'm often not the first person in the office, <laughs> but then I often stay later. So, you know, I'm, I'm putting my hours in. More, more of a night owl than a... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to shift it, but I am at the moment. That's cool. What is the best compliment you've ever been given? Personally or with the, with the business? <laughs> either or, either or. The best compliment? Oh, I, I think um, when, when you give us praise for getting, you know, crossing the 100 property mark and, and I think just being, like, like I said earlier, being invited on a, a podcast like this, that's a massive compliment. So yeah, thank you. Hey, there's, there's so many people. I mean, I know people listening to this on the live and also on the podcast afterwards, you know, it is no mean feat to, to get any hospitality business going and to keep it going and then to scale it and grow it, build a team around it. That all takes time, effort, hard work. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously paying off, which is why we love to, to meet people like yourself, Sasha, and, uh, have you on the behind the host podcast. So, uh, last question then is who inspires you? Who inspires me? Sounds a bit cheesy than that. I was going to say my dad. <laughs> no, it's good. We look like, he's, he was when he was there and he still is there to kind of support me and particularly kind of during the early days when it was, it was just me. He was, uh, yeah, kind of, uh, able to provide me with some support and advice. And yeah, I, I hope to kind of be successful in that, you know, like, like he has been and to live a, live a good life. It's amazing. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who are, are going to be resonating with that. Thank you for, for sharing, Sasha. And for the people listening, how can they get in touch with you or come and view the, the, the homes as well? Yeah. Um, so we, so our office is on Burst Street in Norwich. We're next to the John Lewis car park entrance. For anyone who is local, come and buy. Give us the wave. Our website, NorfolkHolidayProperties.co.uk and follow us on Instagram. So username Norfolk Holiday Properties. And my personal one is Sasha T. T-E-E. Awesome. Awesome. And I'm sure you're going to get some followers off the back of this. Please, everyone, go and check out Sasha's site and also go and see the lovely places because you've got some amazing places, uh, you know, around Norfolk and uh, around the broads as well. So um, come, and stay. <laughs> come and stay. Exactly. Well, thank you very much, Sasha. And, uh, you know, for your time today, we'll, uh, we'll draw this to an end. Is there any closing comments uh, that you want to share with people? Thank you for having me. If anyone wants to reach out and chat to me, I'm like I said, I'm, I like meeting like-minded individuals who are uh, working in the industry. So yeah, send me a message. I would love to to meet if you're local, pop out for a coffee. Otherwise, we'll have a chat. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sasha. And uh, yeah, we'll speak to you again. Bye for now. Thank you.